0: Yo! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode two, part two of the Random Podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm real sorry. Uh, I think I said in the last episode that I was going to ep- upload a part two to that, I think, like, the next day or something like that, or at least the same week. It's been, like, two weeks uh, since I've uploaded an episode. I apologize. My fault. Um... I'm in university, as I said, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on, university, um, assignments and that, you know, this is crunch time, like the end of the first semester. So this is like the final stretch. Um, it's weird. I feel like teachers like come together and like just plan out. Yeah. We're going to give them all the exact same due date, but anyways, we're here now. Um, like I said in the last episode, I'm going to mainly talk about sports or no, not mainly. I'm only going to talk about sports for this podcast. Um, Like I said, I'm in sports media, so I got to help my sports people out a little bit. So, I'm going to talk about sports in this. A little bit of basketball. Um, The draft happened. I know this is old news now, but I'm just going to give my take, really, on the top three picks, I guess. So, the draft happened a couple weeks ago. Um, And then, other than that, it's pretty much just going to be soccer. So, a lot of things um, that have happened, I guess, recently in soccer and, like, ongoing things as well. So get into basketball first like i said nba draft it's gonna be weird this draft class mainly because as you guys know covid um kind of messed up the timing and everything so the nba is actually coming back this month in december i think like the, i want to i honestly want to say it comes back december 25th so on christmas day but i'm not 100 sure um i do know that it comes back in december though like at some point in the 20 something of december so it's gonna be weird i think this draft class I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the kids that got drafted, I'm saying kids, but, you know, (laughs) a lot of the guys that got drafted, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually struggled at the beginning just because there's not a lot of time for them to really make that transition from uh, college ball or in, I guess, in LaMelo's, um, like, LaMelo Ball's case or RJ Hampton's case. um, They're playing in, like, New Zealand, something like that. There's not a lot of time for them to make that transition over to NBA basketball. Uh, But we'll see. How it all works It'll be interesting So the first pick Was Anthony Edwards He went to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves I think that's actually A pretty good pick for them Providing that he Performs the way People expect him to perform They already have Some all-stars On that team as is um, Being D'Anzo Russell Who's a point guard And Carl Anthony Towns Who's a center Car- I mean uh, Anthony Edwards Is a shooting guard So he should fit Right into that If he can perform properly And um, I think he's got Good guys around him To also help him Kind of learn the ropes a little bit. You know what I mean? I think D'Angelo Russell will be a really good help for him. I know they play different positions, but in terms of teaching him how to run an offense, I think it'll be really good for him. So they should be pretty good in the coming years, assuming Anthony Edwards plays well. Um, Only reason why I'm saying like assuming and all that kind of stuff is just because you never know with the first overall pick. Uh, Most recently, look at uh, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz in college was supposed to be like one of the like, the top guys, and he looked like he was going to be one of those top guys, but obviously, that hasn't really translated into the NBA, uh, fell out of favor in um, Philadelphia, and now he's just kicking around in, like, Orlando,
1: uh, he's
0: not a bad player, but for a first overall pick, he's not what people would have expected, same thing with Alonzo uh, Ball, who I think is in the same, yeah, same draft class, and I believe he was the second overall pick, again, Alonzo Ball, I think he's going to be good in his career, but so far, I don't think he's reached the potential that that people thought, you know? So, um, that's that. James Wiseman was the second overall pick. He went to the Golden State Warriors. That one's not too much of a surprise, I don't think. Just because he's a center, so he's a big man. A big man is kind of the only thing the Warriors were missing. Um, At least originally. For those of you that don't know, I feel like most people know by now just because it happened a couple weeks ago. But uh, Klay Thompson, I think he tore his Achilles. So he well not I think I know he tore his Achilles, um so he's actually missing this whole season as well, um so that's two seasons back to back. Klay Thompson's missing. I think they might have to try and bring someone in, to kind of uh, soften that blow a little bit. Maybe not someone not maybe not bring someone in that can completely replace him because I don't think that's possible. But someone that can just help cope with that loss. I know they already have Andrew Wiggins. Um, who I know for the longest time was dubbed as, like, what, the Canadian Kobe Bryant or something like that. <laughs> something crazy like that. Obviously, he was on Minnesota before. Um, I think Andrew Wiggins could be a good guy to fill in for that spot, maybe. So maybe they don't need to bring anyone in. It's just the consistency might be a problem. I don't know. We'll see how it works. But Andrew Wiggins, I think he could be one of those really good players as long as he's not expected to be a really good player if that makes any sense um just because i think if he feels the pressure of okay i have to I have to put up 25 a night i have to put up 20 plus a night i feel like he'll feel too much pressure and not actually perform that well but if he's in a situation like this where providing steph curry's back and he's still playing how we know he can play and providing that james wiseman comes in and is actually a very dominant big man off the jump and all that kind of stuff i think andrew wiggins can fall in line and, and do a real good job there so uh, like I said, yeah, James Wiseman going number two to the Warriors. I think he'll have a bit more of an offensive load than he thought he might have had originally because no one predicted Claire Thompson being hurt. But it is what it is. I think he'll still be fine. Um, like I said, not a really big shock for that pick just because that was their only real glaring weakness. Um, the next up, we have LaMelo Ball. He went to the Charlotte Hornets. I honestly think it would have been harder for the Hornets to make a bad pick than it was to make a good pick. You know what I mean? Just because there's not a lot going on in Charlotte. I know they have uh, Devontae Graham, who had a really good season last year. So hopefully he can conti- he can continue that. And, um, you know, maybe they can have a bit of a, a backcourt domination going on there with uh, Devontae Graham on the mellow ball. I don't know. I don't really remember if Devontae Graham was a point guard or a shooting guard. I think he actually might be a point guard. So it'll be interesting. Um, throw on top of that, they also have Terry Rozier as well. So the point guard spot is going to be a bit... A bit crowded you know it'll be interesting to see how they slot lamello ball in i don't think you're gonna get Lamelo ball as the third overall just to bring him off the bench for the whole season you know i wouldn't be surprised if he started coming off the bench um like i said just to help with the transition to the nba but i think by the end of the season he should be you know the full blown starter for the charlotte hornets um but there's not a lot like i said there's not a lot going on over there so it would have been hard for them to really make a bad pick you know um, other notable picks I think RJ Hampton if I remember correctly he got drafted by New Orleans I believe and then they traded him right away to uh Denver. So Denver is low key stacked RJ Hampton for those of you that don't know he's already had a year playing in New Zealand. Um so pro basketball already in New Zealand and he's a I think he's he's a, he's like a combo guard. He's like 6'6 six, 6'7. Six, six, Real explosive. He needs to work on his three-point shot, but obviously, you know, that can come with time because at least he shoots the ball. Um, so they'll, they'll, they'll fix that up. But real explosive, he can get to the rim really easily. Uh, and he can develop into a real good player. So the Denver Nuggets, don't be surprised. I think Honestly, I think Denver Nuggets, I want to just to be safe, I'm going to say within the next decade, Denver Nuggets are going to win a ring. Um, I honestly think it's going to be sooner than that. I think maybe more like five years from now, they're going to win a ring because they already have. So yeah, Nikola Jokic, uh jamal murray we already know about those two those two are already like a dominant duo in the league but then they have mpj so michael porter jr um coming up as well who's developing that bowl bowl coming off the bench as well who's a demigod really that guy's so, I, for, I forgot how tall Bol Bol. he's at least seven feet i know that and he can shoot dribble pass so he's he's gonna be insane and then now you're adding rj hampton into the mix um and then again, providing he actually plays how people expect him to be playing, um, Denver could really do something. They could really win win a ring in the next five years. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all for basketball. That's all I really wanted to touch on. Anything else that's big that happens, obviously, I'll touch that in other episodes. But like I said before, basketball isn't my main, main sport. I know enough about it to talk about it, but not my main thing. My main thing is soccer. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, for those of you that don't know, I think it was last week, honestly. Diego Maradona, for those of you that don't know who Diego Maradona is, he's a legend in the in the soccer game, really, like in the whole footballing world, everyone knows Diego Maradona, he's essentially, the he's essentially Lionel Messi before Lionel Messi, you know what I mean, um, if you ask Lionel Messi about one player he probably molded his game after, it's definitely Diego Maradona, if he says anyone else, he's lying, um, both short Argentinian guys that can dribble for days, they never lose the ball, Um, yeah, so November 25th, Diego Maradona passed away, uh, due to cardiac arrest, so basically a heart attack at only the age of 60, so way, way, way too soon, um, I know a couple months ago, he had surgery, I think, for a brain tumor or something like that, and, uh, yeah, just on November 25th, he, um, he passed away with with a heart attack, so it's, it's real sad, obviously, like I said, too soon. But it's kind of also heartwarming to see all the tributes that um, players past and present gave to, or, and coaches past and present gave to Diego Maradona just because of how big he was. Like He was literally an icon in the footballing world, basically. Um, if you go to Argentina, especially in like, for example, like Boca Juniors, just as one example, he used to, he played there and um, he's literally a religion in Argentina, like, they literally think of this guy as a god, essentially. Like, he's a religion. They have murals painted of him. And this is, like, before he passed away, they have murals painted of him. They probably even have even more now. It's funny. Even, like, before I recorded this episode, I was scrolling on my Twitter. And there's literally these two twins in Argentina that were just born, like, recently. And the parents named them after Maradona. So, I think one of the twins' name is Mara, and the other twins' name is Donna. Like, that's literally how crazy this guy is in in Argentina. Um, not to mention also worldwide, you know, he made he went to Napoli, who at the time was not a very good Serie A team. And he literally helped them win the whole league. Like he took them from the bottom of the table. And I think it was AC Milan who were the big boys at the time. Uh, and it, I mean, there still are big boys in Italy. But, um, you know, he took AC, he took Napoli and helped them win the Serie A title. So like he really is a really impactful player. Um, also played on Barcelona as well. And it's good to see, you know, I mean, he's he's in my top ten players of all time. I know for some people he's in their top five, some people's in his top they're in their top three, but for me, top ten. And um, it's good to see because he was so involved in the football and community, like it's insane. He was a coach for a little while on the Argentinian national team, as well as some other club teams as well. And it's like, at least for Boca Juniors specifically, he was always at games, like just watching from the VIP box. and he kind of I think he helped up the standard for footballing in Argentina specifically. Because it's just like if ever you're playing against Boca Juniors or for Boca Juniors, whatever, it's you feel his presence always there in the stadium. You know what I mean? And it's just he's had such a big impact where everywhere you go, you're gonna see you're gonna see something related to Maradona. So that's just that's his impact on the footballing world. I think obviously people are still hurting about it um yeah like i said man too soon he's only 60 years old so way too soon he was one of those guys that um i don't want to say he was he was one of those like rebellious sort of guys that would say things that maybe aren't the most popular opinion but it's his opinion and he'll rock with that you know what i mean like that he was one of those kind of guys where he said he said it and he meant it and if you look at i saw this one thing if you look on social media everything about maradona You never see anything about his stats. Mind you, his stats are amazing, but you never see anything about his stats. Everything you see about Maradona is just about the kind of guy that he was. So, I'm sure people that people must have seen it. If you haven't seen it, just go search it on YouTube. Diego Maradona in the warm-ups. This guy in the warm-ups was a whole vibe. Like, he loved the game of soccer. You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole, I think it's like a two-minute video of him in the warm-ups. And he's stretching, all kinds of stuff, but he's dancing. He's dancing, he's juggling the ball, all that kind of stuff. And you can tell, like, he's just, like, this is his sanctuary. Like, he's just at home here. He's so comfortable playing football. And, um, it's a real beautiful thing, honestly. You should go watch that. So, like I said, if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and just, I guess, just type in Diego Maradona warm-ups. And you'll, it'll probably be the first video there. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the sad stuff. I don't even want to keep talking about that. Obviously, you don't like talking about death and all that. But, um, yeah, Champions League happened today. It's December 1st, so Champions League happened. And, um... I guess something happened today with Real Madrid that I guess kind of just highlights how much, how big a problem this is. So before I get into it, I just want to say, I actually, I still do think Real Madrid are one of the best run teams in the world, in my opinion. And the reason being is because if you look at their core, their core group of guys. So Kareem Benzema, the striker, for example, I believe he's like 32. Modric in the midfield, I think he's 35. Cruz is like 31. Sergio Ramos is like 35 as well, or 34. Um, Marcelo's getting up there. I think he's in his 30s as well. That's their core group of guys, and they're all getting up there in age. But if you look at the rest of their squad, like the guys coming off the bench, all that kind of stuff, they have they have good guys that can pick up right where these guys are leaving off. You know what I mean? So in the midfield, Fede Valverde, who's I think one of the more, more sought-after young midfielders in the game right now, he can definitely pick up right where Modric left off. Right. Martin Odegaard's another one right where Cruz left off. He can pick up from Ferland Mendy stepping in right now for Marcelo at left back. Um, they have a whole bunch of guys that can come in and they're young and can still do a job. Their one problem is they don't have any center backs to step in for Sergio Ramos. For the longest time, the guy to step in was supposed to be Raphael Varan. And um, yeah, he still plays all that kind of stuff. But Varan is not. It is just my opinion. Varan is not the guy. Varan is not the one that you guys can rely on to keep as your number one center back, mainly just because time and time again, whenever. So obviously, Sergio Ramos is 34 now, so he's he's getting up there in age clearly, um, and it's just natural. You know, you're gonna get more injuries. Your body's gonna start to wear down a bit more. So Ramos has missed some time this season, a little bit, a little bit more this season than he's missed in the previous seasons, right? And so naturally, Rafael Varan is supposed to be the one to step in and then now become the number one center back, the one to to command the whole back line in a way. And he just hasn't been able to do that, I don't think. He makes a lot of mistakes um, defensively. Granted, they're not all his fault, but it's just you look at... You, you compare it a lot to your Sergio Ramos. That's just what you're going to do naturally. You compare the mistakes Varan makes and you just think okay, if Sergio Ramos is here, that's not happening. You know what I mean? Like, he's not making that mistake, or he's not going to allow you to make that mistake. You know what I mean? So I definitely think they need to bring someone else in at center back. I know for the longest time, they were flirting with um, Khalidu Koulibaly, who is uh, a center back on Napoli. I don't know why. I don't remember why they didn't pull the trigger on that. I think it was something with the fees, but um, that didn't end up happening. I know David Alaba, who... uh, Obviously, Bayern Munich defender, he literally came out and said that he wants to play in Spain. And he wants to play for either Barcelona or Real Madrid. Alaba, when he was younger, was a left back. And they've now since converted him to a center back. So, it would help a lot, honestly. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's good to have a left-footed center back. Just so that when you're playing out of the back, um, your center backs can properly you know, distribute the ball out wide. Instead of them trying to go across their body with their right foot. So, um, in that sense, Alaba's a real asset to them, or could be a real asset to them if they if they actually pull the trigger and try to get him. Um, I definitely would. He's one of those guys where he's super versatile, so he can play center back, he can play left back, left mid, CDM, a whole bunch of positions. So, Alaba, to me, is the obvious choice to go for, but I think they need to do it sooner rather than later. You know what I mean? Before someone else comes in and tries to take him. Like, Alaba... Obviously, he's doing contract talks right now with Baron Munich, but they're not, I guess they're not biting. They're not really trying to sign him back to the wages that he wants. He wants to be paid like one of the bigger guys on the team, like a Lewandowski, a Mueller, a Neuer. And um, I think he deserves that kind of money, but it's it's one of those ones where, okay, if you leave, we still have Jerome Boateng, who won the World Cup with Germany, and we still have Nicholas Sule, who's... Another younger younger center back that's coming up, and then on top of that, we have a young guy who they just brought in from a PSG, Tangi Kuasi. Um, so it's like if if David Alba leaves, yes, it's going to be a hurt for them, but it's a sustainable hurt where they have guys to replace him. So maybe that's why they're not trying to sign him back right away. Uh, but it is what it is. I think, like I said, I think Real Madrid need to pounce on that, but you know that's just that's just me i'm just one guy um speaking further to real madrid eden hazard who i believe he came in the 2019 yeah 2019 2020 season so just last season he's been injured eight times so he has more injuries than he has goals for the club which is uh you know obviously real shocking. he came for like 126 million i think or 120 something million and uh, since he got there last year, he's only scored three goals and seven assists. So he actually recently just got hurt again, uh, I think last week. And he's going to be out for the next couple weeks. weeks. Um, this is one of those ones that's like really unfortunate for him because obviously he was supposed to be the one that, I guess, replaced Ronaldo, essentially. Um, obviously, a lot easier said than done because of the presence Ronaldo had and the legacy he built, especially at Real Madrid, wearing number seven. And... Like I don't know why this happens all the time, but I feel whenever Ronaldo leaves a club, whether it be Manchester United or Real Madrid, he's so obviously he's going to wear number 7. But whenever he leaves, they always give number 7 to someone or I don't want to say give number 7, but someone always wants number 7 right after and it's just like I don't know why. If you go to Manchester, if you go back to Manchester United, this is well after he left, but still this is like one of the first people or first big name people to uh, wear number 7. You look at Memphis Depay, who is a world-class player. You know he brought he brought um, Olympic Leonel to the I think it was Champions League semifinals or quarterfinals this past season. So he's a good player, but he was shite on Manchester United because he took this number seven. Um, Ankel Di Maria is another one. He came straight from Real Madrid. He was a real good player on Real Madrid. Came to Manchester United, took number seven, and again was shite last season. He just brought PSG or he helped bring PSG. To the Champions League final. He's another world-class player. He's one of the best left-footed players in the world. Um, You have guys... I mean, I don't think Antonio Valencia is the same caliber as those two. But Antonio Valencia is another one where he took number 7 for a season and literally switched numbers back to 25 because there was too much pressure of wearing number 7. So those are some examples. Now, the most recent example is Eden Hazard. Where it was number 17 before on Chelsea. Or 10 before on Chelsea. Came to Real Madrid. Took number 7. And now... It's all just going to shit for him. You know what I mean? It's all... It's not working out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why people keep trying to do that. I'm not saying that's the only reason why he's not playing well. Um, or it's not working out for him. But I'm just saying it's a little bit... It's a coincidence. It's a little bit of a coincidence. So I'm saying. So I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, that's enough for Real Madrid. I really... Uh, that was just me getting on them a little bit. because there's some things that I feel like they need to fix. But, whatever. It is what it is. Um, going over to Italy. So, the Serie A... It's weird because it's like it's like the old school days in Serie A right now because AC Milan and Inter Milan are actually like one and two, I believe, in the table. AC Milan is first right now with 23 points, and then Inter is um in second with 18 points. So obviously those two are two of the heavy hitters in Italy, but both of them I'd say were for a while coming off a bit of a rebuilding stage. Um so some so both of them were hit a lot harder uh specifically ac milan was hit harder than i think inter i think inter was always sort of lingering around the top top of the table but ac milan i believe last year i don't even i don't know if they even qualified for a year actually no i think they barely just qualified for uh, europa league but um now they've been undefeated for however i think they're still undefeated in the in the league and they were undefeated for around 23 games or something like that which i think was their club record um, before they lost, I think, in Europa League to, to Lille or something like that. But um yeah, it's weird because it's like it's a bit of a throwback over there where those two teams, two Giants, are finally, you know, back to their peak. And it's a bit weirder because Juventus, who have for the longest time have le- had like a monopoly in Italy where they just won everything. Um they're in fourth right now. So honestly, like people have heard me say this before, and I'm gonna say it again. Well, you guys might not have heard me say this before, but I'm gonna say it again. Juventus, honestly, they suck. Without Ronaldo, I think they're a mid-table team, if that. Um, I saw this thing, this stat of the games that they played with and without Ronaldo. So, they played five games without Ronaldo, and in those five games, they've won one, drew three, and lost one. And they only scored five goals in those games, right? With Ronaldo, they played seven games, won five, drew two, and they scored 18 goals in in those games. And nine of those goals were Ronaldo. So it's getting to the point now where, I mean, I know a couple, I think it was like last month or a couple weeks ago, um, Juventus basically came out and said that they want to sell Ronaldo, mainly because I think it was just, it's too much money on their books. Um, I think he's making double what Paulo Dybala is making. And Dybala is the second highest paid player on Juventus. So I think, so that's one reason. I think it's also, I think they're starting to realize that they don't have a team that can win. Even with Ronaldo, because the team around him just isn't good enough. It doesn't matter how good your striker is. If you don't have guys that can supply him the ball on a consistent level, it's not going to be worth anything. You know I mean? Clearly, when they do give Ronaldo the ball, it's not like Ronaldo can't score. Obviously, we know he can score. I think he's the best goal scorer of all time. Um... But the team itself, they just don't have a good enough team around him. It's different from when he was playing on Real Madrid where you have Modric and Toni Kroos getting you the ball. You know, like, those are two of the best midfielders in the world at the time. And um, it's a real drop-off when you go to Juventus. But is what it is. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Ronaldo honestly go to PSG. I think that's the most realistic switch for him. Um, mainly because, I mean, the money would would work out a bit more. I know PSG has got a lot of financial backing from their owners, so they could do that, and I think if they do, that's a Champions League winning team right there. They already made the finals without him. If you put Ronaldo on a team like that where, quite frankly, in the last Champions League final, the reason why they lost was because they couldn't finish. Uh, Mbappe kept getting stopped by Emmanuel Neuer. I've seen Ronaldo ruin Manuel Neuer already. So he could do it again. It's not like oh he's older now. Da da da. No, like he can still. He still has it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think if he goes to PSG, that's a Champions League winning team. But that's just me. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much for the Juventus. Next up though, this is just one thing. Just because he's one of my favorite players, and I never understand like why he's still where he is. Paul Pogba. So for those of you that don't know, Paul Pogba is a World Cup winner, French. Um, he came up, I guess, on Manchester United. Uh, under Sir Alex Ferguson, but Ferguson didn't really see much in him, I guess, at the time, or with his attitude, so he let him go on a free to Juventus, and that's where he really picked up and made a name for himself. Right now, Juvent- uh, right now, Pogba went back to Manchester United, and um, I mean, I guess it started off all right, but this season, under uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who is a former player of Manchester United, it just hasn't been... He's been in and out of the lineup. It hasn't really been consistent for him on any in any way the positioning his minutes it's all just gone it's gone south basically and uh i know the whole reason people say is like oh because he doesn't defend as much and whatever da, 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 da. and i get it because if you look at his physical stature pog was like a 6-3 center mid so you would expect a 6-3 center mid to be able to defend yes but that's just not naturally his style and i think he's one of those players where he's that good where you're going to have to sort of bend to his needs in a way of, okay, he's a world-class player going forward. On the defensive side, okay, he's lacking, but we sh- we'll, we'll compensate for that. We'll make up, we'll, we'll do something to hide that. You know, but Sorcerer hasn't done that. I guess he's not that high on Pogba. So I was thinking of where Pogba could go. And there's three teams in my mind where he should go or where he could go. So the first one is Real Madrid, just because... I think well he's been linked there before. He's been linked to going around with you before. Obviously, Zidane is French. Pogba's French. I'm pretty sure they've done a couple of sessions together, like just to train on the offseason, something like that. Um, he's been linked to go there before, as I said, and it's a natural switch over mainly because Modric is getting a lot older. Well, Modric and Cruz, but mainly Modric, he's like 35. So he's getting a lot older. So it's an easier transition. Um, to bring Pogba in now, especially because Pogba prefers playing on the left side of a center mid uh, of the center mid, just so he can, you know, spray balls more with his right foot and drive forward, which is what he's really good at. Um, So it'll work if he goes there. Only thing is, it's just Modric obviously is still playing at a very high level. And then the money, I don't know if they have as much backing as some other clubs to be able to to throw money at other players. They might have to offload some guys. But we'll see how that works. That's just one of the places I thought of. Another place. Is um he goes back to Juventus. Obviously he played there already. With Pirlo. And uh, a lot of the other guys. A lot of the core other guys on the team. That's where he made a name for himself. When he was really young. I think he went there when he was. I don't know how old he was. But it was in 2013-2012. So honestly he might have been like around 20 years old. When he went there. And um he really made a name for himself there. So I think. be comfortable for him to go especially um just because the premier league the nature of the premier league it's one of the hardest leagues in the world uh both physically and mentally you know people like commentators specifically they'll get on you in the premier league like fans will get all over you if you're playing bad and you're supposed to be one of the better players in the league and um i know that happens sometimes with pogba like i said because he's not playing defense whatever um but yeah juventus is one of them but the team I really think I really want him to go to, and I think it's the easiest team to him- for him to transition to, is um, PSG. So honestly, the reason why I'm saying that is because you look at the formation already; the system works well for him there. They have guys in the middle already, like Gana that covers a lot of ground, that can make up defensively for his um, for where he lacks there. But going forward, he has so many options going forward. He can drive himself. Uh, Mbappe is obviously there Neymar, Di Maria is still going to be kicking around um, It's back home for him specifically It's France you know. So and just for a comfort level Just because obviously like I said Playing in the Premier League It's a lot different than other leagues So I think coming back home to a league Where um, maybe it's not as challenging in the league But your goal now is clear And your goal is the Champions League Final I think it would make things a lot easier. So I think that's the best fit for him and the easiest fit. Mainly also because, like I said before, they have crazy financial backing. And they'll be able to throw money around. Maybe they'll still have to offload some guys, but it won't be as big a deal. Um, but yeah, that's just where I would like to see him go. And where I think it's realistic for him to go. I've seen other people saying that um, you know, he might go to, to Barcelona and stuff. And I mean, I don't think the mold of Barcelona would really fit. Him, but like I said, I'm only one guy. I'm thinking PSG. That's that's the easiest, the most clear cut one for me. But uh it is what it is, everyone has their own opinion. But without any further ado, that is pretty much episode two, part two. Uh, I don't know how long this one is, but it feels longer. Um, like I said, I apologize for for the for the delay. Like I said, I have a lot of stuff done. Like I I had to host like a six-hour show today so I'm tired. I have another show tomorrow that I got to hop on for two hours, and then got a midterm in a couple days. I got a lot of stuff going on, man, but (laughs) I'm trying to make excuses for myself, but it is what it is. My fault. I'll be more consistent. I apologize, Uh, but I'll see y'all probably next week for episode three. Uh, Be easy.